0: Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David, how are you?
1: A lot of of stuff to get to today.
0: um, First off, uh, thanks to Alex Berg for being on the show last week. Yes, and and
1: Pat Healy the week before. Yeah. Um, But uh, I want to say I'm in a great mood because I am, this is the first episode, co-hosted by David Bax, dog owner. That's right. I have a dog. Uh, it was a rescue. I didn't. I didn't rescue him. Right. You know, from like, a burning building. It's Bill Burr's bit that people should stop saying that they rescued their dog, but he is a rescue dog. Okay. I simply adopted him. The most heroic thing I did was drive to Redondo Beach, um, which, by the way, there was some sort of like Hermosa Days festival going on, and it was actually a real hassle to drive to Redondo Beach last weekend. Well, let's. By the way,
0: let's not uh, let's not diminish what you've done. Rescue animals. Uh huh. They will immediately cost more money.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Because there's
0: probably there are things that need well, to be corrected. Well, and so luckily your yeah. willingness to spend that I think is somewhat. I'm not sure if I'd say heroic, but it's. Uh,
1: yeah, then there were there have been some expenses. The uh, but the the wonderful foundation you should check them out. Donate money to them. They're called Dexter Foundation. Yeah, please go check them out. Uh, they're awesome, um, and they can more rightly be said to have rescued him. Uh, they they poured a lot of money into him to begin with. He was. This was not a dog that was abused in the sort of classical sense, but was apparently most likely very neglected and mm-hmm. had a lot of you know, fleas and infection, ear infections and all this stuff that just hadn't been seen to probably for years. And uh, they, they put a lot of money into uh, getting him healthy, fostering him for a couple months to get him reacclimated to uh, people who aren't awful. And uh, so, yeah, we've had some... He's, he still has some, like... Uh, dry skin and allergies and stuff that we've had to had to see to, but um dexter foundation did uh, is a really we're so glad we found them so mm-hmm. uh, you know if we were going to get a dog anytime in the future or if anyone were asking us where they should go check out dexter foundation do they deal They're with awesome. is
0: it dogs specifically yeah. or is it yeah. okay yeah um cats can just go screw themselves i guess but
1: there are there are organizations for cats um uh, yeah, you don't have to convince me. I'm a cat. I cat I'm a cat person. I mean, I have a dog now, but I'm still. If you were, to, if I had to choose, I would still consider myself a cat person because I've had cats on my life or since I was uh, a kid. Um, but uh, Jack, our our new dog, is um, most likely some sort of Boston Terrier mix. Although even like the vets and people aren't quite sure what he is, other than okay. adorable. Yeah. Um, people like even like the nurse today at the vet in the waiting room was like oh you're so cute and i felt like there's other dogs around like this seems a little unprofessional like of you to be singling out my dog but that is the power of jack's cuteness that's right that uh you should
0: you should do a blog post with images of him
1: <laughs> you're probably get I more hits it, than anything else oh no
0: question about it <laughs> up until my uh some nerdy fantasy casting that and that, will, that yeah. will get some hits
1: uh yeah, so I'm uh super excited, super happy to be a dog owner. He's got he already got me up in exercising more, you know, cuz I'm good. taking him on on uh long, you know, brisk walks uh first thing in the morning Oof. before before work. It's, Oof. it's 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 fun. It gets my it gets my blood pumping, gets me ready for the day. I don't I don't I, I don't like show up for work like like oh, like I just you know, I bristled
0: gotta, at two things you said: uh-huh. morning and work.
1: <laughs> just,
0: yeah, but that should, like, should speaks to how lucky I am to have the job that I do.
1: I've, yeah, I've always been one that like shows up to work and then needs the like half hour or so to like get going. Yeah, you know. But now I'm already like i up and ready to go because I mean it's only been a week. I'm not saying that I've completely changed my life around, right. but uh, everything is awesome with a dog okay that's great so yeah that that took longer than i meant it to um i also before we turn the floor over to tyler for some of his announcements including very very exciting uh donation drive uh, updates package updates indeed uh, i mean you'll know about it if you've been on the website right but anyway we'll get to that in in due time um i talked last week two weeks ago three weeks ago about, recently um forgetting to thank someone who had sent us some stuff in the mail because I think it came in like right before Comic Con it just sort of got I kept it in my car and just got sort of it got lost in in, the, uh, in my mind mm-hmm. but um, so I mentioned that uh, a listener sent us some keychains from Morocco The really really awesome uh, and heavy and leaving them in your car on a hot day makes them very hot Mm. (laughs) as I learned when I went to bring them in from the car uh, uh, here at Tyler's I was like it was yeah, very hot Uh, so I want to thank Ian Uh, I I mentioned this before but I forgot his name and then also uh, a listener from uh, I wrote it down here from Minneapolis Um, oh shoot I forgot uh, where she was but she used to live in Japan, mm-hmm. and she sent us a just a box full of Japanese treats. Yeah, and it is so awesome. I now it's so cool. I, it's
0: it's my understanding that she also expressed a uh, concern that I might not eat some of them.
1: Yeah, well, she. I was gonna not not even mention this. There was a lot of the treats were store bought. She also made some stuff. Oh, okay. But it, as you can see here, Tyler, it didn't. Did not last. It didn't last really through the, through the trip. The 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 the, the trip. It's kind of. Uh, they look really good, or sound really good in theory. But uh, Kristen, I'm sorry, sorry to say, they don't look. Safe to eat right, right now. They've got some some green and white growths on yeah. them that I don't think were And hey, maybe that's how they do it in <laughs> maybe, Japan. Maybe yeah. that's that's um, that's the idea. But I wanted but to. Yeah, like, she uh, said she they're called onpon. I think okay, uh, and she said which I think David will like, and I certainly hope Tyler will try. Oh and, oh okay,
0: so she said that in the in reference to these specifically, <laughs> the, those oh, okay. specifically. Yeah, All right, the rest of I'm, it is
1: just cookies and stuff. I'm sure you'll love it. I know, but, well, you never know. Um, but I don't mean just cookies to be dismissive. I mean right. for your palate. It's yeah. something that is not too foreign.
0: But my concern is this, because this is what happened when I went to New Zealand. Uh-huh. What happens if I love these? All right? Then you got to go to Because there's, there's a little something called Tim Tam in New Zealand, which is the most delicious thing ever. It, but it's, you know, well, it's store-bought stuff,
1: but it's only in New Zealand. And well, uh, let me tell you. Let me let me. We live in the second most populous city in, uh, in the country mm-hmm. and the major metropo- the, the major U S metropolis, not, a, not including, um, anything in Hawaii that is closest to Japan. Mm-hmm. We have an area called little Tokyo. Yeah. I'm going to bet that if you like some That's of this true. stuff, you can find something comparable That's downtown. True.
0: There is no little New Zealand though. Cause I want those, I want that freaking Tim Tam.
1: Yeah, it sounds good. I like, yeah. like the name. like fiddle faddle? No, it's like it's sort of like. Do you uh, know what fiddle faddle
0: is? I, it's like a popcorn type I thing. I think right? that's what it is. I've never yeah. had it. Now I've had it. It's been a long it's time. It's like though. cracker jacks. Uh, yeah, something like okay. that. But I recall it not being as good. But no, Tim Tam is sort of like a. It's it's like a like a wafer type cookie uh, covered in chocolate, and they have a lot of different flavors. But I liked uh, I liked original. That sounds pretty. So cool. original Tim Tam from New Zealand is something that I enjoy. Yeah okay um if anybody from new zealand happens to be hearing this okay i
1: I see just just throwing that
0: out there all
1: right so thanks again to ian and Kristen. absolutely (laughs) um and let's talk about the donation drive this is very exciting stuff these are some awesome prizes and you only have a week left i know i said that last week accidentally um but we did correct it at the time at this point you only have a week left to donate mm-hmm. and let me before uh tyler uh lays out the prizes for us i don't uh, have it in front of me i thought you were supposed to do that i thought you were supposed to do that All right, i'll pull it up then okay um here's how you qualify while i'm pulling this up i'll talk about how think makes
0: people want to give money more than just like wait that was your job no, <laughs> no i, thought-
1: I, I could have sworn you said anyway here's how you qualify you go to battleship dot com you either click on the donate tab or the excuse me or the donation drive twenty twelve button uh, and that will take you to both the ways to donate and the descriptions of packages as you 're about to as you 're about to see um, now um, there are one time donations and there are subscription donations um, any one time donation of five dollars or more gets you entered mm-hmm any subscription donation at all right gets you entered. Yeah. Um, there were with three winners and here are the prizes. And I actually think this doesn't include certain things.
0: Yeah. There, we, there are new things so, yeah. and, and we have not, we won't come up with it on the fly, uh, like where they will be included, but we will add them over the next uh, few days.
1: Yeah. So package package one as it stands right now. Right. We'll talk about the new stuff at the end. Um, Package one includes a season of your choice of Mike Schmidt's The Four Year Old Boy podcast. And when we're t- we say season, we're not talking about 13 episodes like Mad Men. Right. We're talking about 52 episodes. Yeah. And if you know Mike, that's about a thousand hours. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very funny show, and that's a, a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of content to keep you entertained. Uh, for a year. I mean, that's what it's, that's what it's for. Yep. You also get the comedy film nerds guide to movies. That's from ComedyFilmNerds dot com. Graham and Chris, um, obviously are the guys behind that site, but that, uh, includes writing from them and from Mike Schmidt and yeah. from Jackie Cation. Yeah. And, uh, and others, others, uh, any yeah. of the guests,
0: I don't show? think so, but I, okay. I haven't
1: looked it up uh, recently. You get a poster for the new film, uh, Compliance, signed by director Craig Zobel and actors Dreamer Walker and friend of the show Pat Healy. You get a DVD copy of Entrance, which might be signed. Might be signed. We're not sure yet. Okay. I think, we'll, I think we can make that. I think it will probably be signed, but I guess we can't promise that. You also get uh, a copy of Mike Kaplan, front of the show Mike Kaplan, and his buddy Micah Sherman's new comedy sort of music album oh okay please be seated uh which is awesome and you i mean that that doesn't even come out till september 25th oh nice you'll be getting that assuming we can get the package together pretty much right as soon as it's available um prize package number two is uh chris mancini from comedy film nerds was nice enough to give us a copy of his book pacify me yeah you also get the comedy stand-up album stand-up comedy album palpable by a friend of the show robert buscemi it's hilarious uh by the way i missed something on the last package all three packages get a director t-shirt from cinephile video that's right which is the coolest thing about that cinephile is so awesome and that's uh, uh is it hold on let me make sure i get the the url right it's cinephilevideo.com yeah um uh and that's uh c-i-n-e-f-i-l-e right. not like the word cinephile but like a file for, for cinephiles mm-hmm. cinephilevideo.com and they have these t-shirts the cool thing is they didn't just give us three t-shirts you get to choose which t-shirt and which size you want yeah. and what they do is they take rock band logos and turn them into the names of directors yes. so the Danzig logo becomes Herzog um, the Scorpions logo becomes Scorsese Um, I'm trying to remember, I think the... The Carpenters is just Carpenter. Carpenter, yeah. I know there's an Aerosmith one, but I can't remember who the director is. Um, I think Van Halen becomes Von Trier. Van Halen becomes Von Trier. Um, And then, like yeah, there are... uh, uh, Black Flag becomes Bela Yeah, I like that one. That's probably my favorite. Or, because there's a newish one that they didn't used to have, so if you haven't been to the website in a little... They've got the Bauhaus logo, but it says Bunuel. Mm. And it has added in, like, the... uh, the, the straight, straight razor yeah. uh, from from uh, Uncien Andalu. So either the Bellatar or the Bunuel are my favorite shirts, but they're all awesome. And there are ones I didn't even mention here. Yeah. Um, anyway, so each package gets one of those. Yeah. Back to package number two. Another compli- Also a compliance poster uh, signed by uh, Craig Zobel, Jimmy Walker, Pat Healy. You get a limited, very limited edition Blu-ray copy of the Innkeepers. They were only. the... These particular Blu ray gatefold, I think, is the packaging. Mm. We haven't seen them yet. You're getting them tonight, I think, right. from Pat. Um, there are only 200 of them made. Uh, and p- prize package number two gets this Blu ray copy of The Innkeeper signed by director Ty West and actors Pat Healy and Sarah Paxton. So that's amazing. It's very right exciting. there. Um, to be that limited, plus have those uh those signatures and i certainly hope whoever gets prize package number two is a fan of the innkeepers because you will also get this one's kind of neat the the shirt that pat healy wore they uh, the characters work at a hotel called the yankee peddler hotel Mm -hmm. and he the yankee peddler like polo like a burgundy polo i think is if i remember correctly yeah something like that uh you you get that um prize package number three Um, you get uh, Graham Elwood's uh, stand-up comedy album Palm Strike Dance Party, which I already own myself and is great Um, you get uh, again, of course, a director t-shirt from Cinephile and a compliance poster signed by Craig Zobel, Dreamer Walker and Pat Healy, you get, this is really awesome uh, friends of the show uh, uh, Susan Burke and Emily Maya Mills um, along with uh, comedian um, Lizzie Cooperman did I get that right? Yeah. Because She hasn't been on the show. I've been wanting to make sure I got her name right. They're in a sketch troupe uh, called Birds of Prey, and they do a lot of videos online, mm-hmm. and you'll Susan's gonna put together, just burn a collection of these videos that is not it's not a thing that you can get anywhere. So it's mm-hmm. kind of there's an exclusivity to that. Yeah. You get it something that was hand burned. <laughs> Susan will be etching the information into the into the DVD oh her, with her own hands. And prize package number three also gets one of those super limited edition uh, Blu-ray copies of the Innkeepers, signed by Ty West, Pat Healy, and Sarah Paxton. Yeah. And then what? Are, there's there's something else. Well, um, I don't know if we can say because we haven't gotten it yet, but uh, Magnolia releasing is going to be sending us sort of a. I guess, uh, sort surprise of, grab box. Of, yeah. We don't know what they're giving us yeah. yet, but they're giving us a... And we will probably
0: parse those out. Yeah, I think uh, they're
1: going to give us like 10 DVD or Blu-rays. Yeah. And yeah, we'll just spread those uh, through the packages. Also, what else? Fans of compliance. Yeah, okay. This is going to be insane. I, I wish that I, I wish that we could just keep these.
0: Uh, me too. <laughs> Part of me is like, we don't have to announce this. but uh, But... It's the right thing to do. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so we—is uh, it only two? I, I think it's two. Okay, if I, can, uh, I don't have my
1: up. So, I thought you had this information already. Uh, no, it's I'm mis- sorry. Miscommunication. Um,
0: so there are two shirts that that bear the chick witch logo yes from the uh, fake restaurant in compliance yeah and they are i don't think they merely bear the logo they're basically like the uniform
1: shirts yeah yeah i
0: think i think that's so uh, if you want to look like you work at a place that doesn't exist and terrible things take place there (laughs) from the movie compliance then uh five dollars gets you in
1: yeah yeah so So, i'm very uh, these are some awesome awesome package like packages this year yeah uh the other thing i didn't mention oh okay um not part of the package. If you donate a hundred dollars, or if you sign up for the sixteen dollar a month uh subscription uh donation, see one, the sixteen dollars a month you'll end up paying a little bit more than a hundred dollars, right. but you'll feel it less. Exactly. It's spread out. hundred dollars is like a band-aid. Boom. One move right off. Yeah. Um uh, that's what Jerry Seinfeld said about breaking up. <laughs> um uh if you donate a hundred dollars or more, one-time donation or subscribe, a subscription donation of sixteen dollars a month, you get put into uh, your name gets put into a hat of mm-hmm. um, uh, a, a green Riddler bowler. I think we're saying yeah, absolutely. Um, and the winner of that will supply us with the names of some of their favorite guests, and then whenever that winner happens to be in the area, yeah, we will set up uh, an episode with one of those guests, whoever agrees to it because it yeah. is kind of a lot to ask yes <laughs> um some uh, i think will be
0: very enthusiastic some will be like no i don't think so
1: <laughs> yeah there are so there are guests i won't say who that i would almost be afraid to ask absolutely um but i i will for you for you guys chiefly among
0: chief among them is paul gobel who is an absolute monster
1: no, no paul oh my god Paul would soak up that attention oh no question so you
0: would not want this is what I'm saying
1: <laughs> no um no please yeah if you if you if Paul is your favorite or or Jim uh you know uh wait has Jim Bruce yeah Jim Bruce and Tom, Jim and, Tom and Tom have, have been on, on the show have been on the show so they're they're allowed um so yeah, we will try and we will set up uh, an episode with them as a guest, and you will hang out with us. You will probably at no point be alone with the guest. I will see to that. That's true. And you know what? <laughs> In case hey, you are a crazy person,
0: depending on how, what kind of notice we have here, you might have access to my apartment. <laughs> I'd prefer that not be the case. Yeah, I think we could probably work it out. We could probably work it out. But you know what? <laughs> I'm kind of okay with. It. I trust our listeners, David. Okay. Good for you. We'll see how it works.
1: So, speaking of trust and listeners, there's something you want to tell them. Yes. Okay. Moving so, on from the prize packages now. Yeah. If you're, if you haven't jumped online and donated by this point, I don't know what to tell you.
0: Yeah, you're not going to like anything that we say from now on. <laughs>
1: yeah, because that um, that is that is a sweet yeah. sweet deal.
0: So, and I'm I'm sorry that we do spend so much time on the uh, donation drive, but it's only f- like four episodes a year, yeah. so you know. Yeah. And you, you're you the you're, you're the benef- yeah, the beneficiary. So, okay. Uh, I do not have a prepared statement, so I'm just going to kind of shoot from the hip and I'll try to make it brief.
1: So, I know you, and I think when you don't have a prepared t- statement and you shoot from the hip, it is usually not brief. Okay, if anything, it will be longer.
0: <laughs> I could right now, while, st- while we're still rolling, I could r- sit down and write a statement and then read it. And that would be shorter than me shooting from the head. <laughs> right. um, but I will try. I will try to uh, make it as brief as possible because I don't want to necessarily uh, spend a whole lot of time on it. But um, okay, so politics, politics on the podcast. Um, for me specifically, uh-huh. uh huh. I'm fu- our bias episode. Like we got some positive feedback. We got some negative feedback. You and I were actually very excited about it when we were done recording it. But then also, so we talked a lot of politics in that episode, and that's fine. I don't apologize for that. But then we, we'll touch on it from, from, you know, from time to time, and, and that's fine as well. Here's the thing. For me, and I, I do not speak for David, for me personally, um, I wanted to apologize not for what I believe, although I'm sure some people think that I should, but I don't want to apologize for that. I want to apologize for, I've become somebody that I never wanted to be. To a certain extent, that sounds more dramatic than I mean for it to. But like, um, I have become somewhat addicted to political commentary, and it's it's fun, it's exciting to to follow this sort of thing. It's it's like the first time in my life I've ever been like up to date and can speak with some level of authority uh, about what's happening mm-hmm. right now in politics. Um, and I like that; that's perfectly fine. But when when you are as immersed in politics as I have made myself you start to see it around every corner and then you start to throw out like just a little and not even a statement that that is meant to be provocative but it's just because you're thinking so casually about politics and you see it everywhere you'll just throw something out there and even even if it's in a in the midst of a conversation that has nothing to do with politics you'll just throw it out there because you do see a connection but then you'll move on and in the meantime, you might have bothered somebody with what you said, and and that is that is who I'm becoming. And I never wanted to be that person. And I know people that are liberal. I know people that are conservative. Both it, it transcends party or or philosophy. It and it's just the type of person that, that you can become. And I don't want to be that person. And I, and I have been that person. I think, uh, for example, um, I will not make reference to what it was, but like I had David cut out something from last week's episode because it was like a little, it was a, a one minute aside on my part that, and it was harmless. It mm-hmm. was it mostly. Yes. But, yeah, I don't think anybody would have been offended by what I said, but right, it was, but it was just, just
1: the fact that we were you were taking you were inspired by something that had nothing to do really with yeah. with uh, or or at least tangentially a, a part of it, and
0: did not mean anything for the conversation.
1: Yeah, and then you interjected a political opinion yes. about it, which did it didn't bother me at the time. Right, and for the record, and it just and that's the
0: thing is, uh, so even even if the if uh, an opinion is inoffensive or not very provocative, like just the the desire to throw it in there, um, and it's not the desire of like I will look smart if I throw this in here. It just becomes instinct, and that's the problem. And so, um, so I, I'm sorry if I, if if ever you have found that like I give a little aside or something like that. Sometimes I don't even notice it. Um, and it is for that reason that I actually am resigning from the podcast. <laughs> uh, it, soo- it sounded like that's where I was heading, right? Like yeah. it is for this reason. Like it just it had that that quality to it. I also
1: I was thinking you might have noticed, or maybe I, I assumed you picked up on the fact that I knowing what you were going to say here. My mind was kind of wandering a little bit during yeah. that, and that, that definitely snapped <laughs> me back into the... Um,
0: no, so uh, yeah, actually, uh, for the next uh, 30
1: days, I am on
0: something of a politics fast. I am right. removing myself from political commentary. Which I
1: immediately disregarded by showing up here and saying, oh, you're on a fast? Let me tell you what I thought of the DNC it, speeches. That,
0: that's perfect. That's that's fine. I'm, I don't want to keep other people from talking about it. Um, that's, that's fine. But it... I'm just not going to go out of my way to seek it out, which is very much what I was doing before. And so I, I deleted all of my bookmarks on Firefox that took me <laughs> to, you know, these various uh, websites: um, da-
1: Daily Coast,
0: uh, Talking Points Memo. These absolutely. are the ones you usually. No question read. about it. MS everything on MSNBC, especially Chris sure. Matthews. Wonkette. Um, you read a lot of Wonkette. No question. I don't even know what that one is. Um,
1: well, as have, you can, I'll probably, have to look it up. As you can probably tell, it's a female I would, political perspective yeah, i would assume so yeah um it's a yeah. it's a decent and it is on one that. of
0: those things where you know I, I still have to be realistic to a certain extent and it's just like okay i will take 30 days off not during debate season of course <laughs> um and so uh, so that's the deal i want to try and sort of shake this instinct uh I'm, I'm fine with being politically aware i'm fine with having an opinion but it it has become i think too much a part of who i am so if it happens in the future i apologize i will try to make sure that it does not um and the other thing is like if you and i are having a discussion that politics enters into uh, you know artistically sure. i won't shy away from that okay. it's just these it's it's just like trying to not see it everywhere uh well let's- that's, that's 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 what i so i promise uh listener that uh I will try to, uh, to do better.
1: Let's see if we can get through this episode talking just about the movies that we want to talk about, okay. which are the summer movies of 2012. Indeed. So let's get into it, or shall it? we? Okay, yes. We are... Uh, well, what did I cut you I yell? was going to make a joke. Oh, okay. Um, we are... I mean, it is September, so we are at the end of summer movie season. Is there anything yet to be released that would be considered a big summer movie? I don't think so. I, I think, really I think it calendar. really
0: cut off in September. Okay. Like uh sometimes there'll be one or two at the beginning of September. This year it really just August, done.
1: Yeah. Um
0: off the top We are of like my head, I
1: already so. into it's not it's not it's even before September started, we are into horror movie territory. You yeah. got the apparition, the possession, we've got uh House at the End of the Street coming up. Mm-hmm. It's uh Oscar nonstop. season
0: is also starting a little early this year. What with uh the Master coming out sure, very sure, very yeah. soon.
1: Um, and I, by the way, have already seen Amour, which doesn't officially come out till the end of December, mm-hmm. but uh, Michael Haneke's new film, uh, I don't think that's how you actually pronounce his name, but anyway, I'm not sure. Man, whatever, uh, his no. new film, Amour, is so great. Um, I, it, it, Not that I ever stopped being into Michael Haneke, but I, uh, admission here, haven't seen a film of his since The Piano Teacher. So the big ones that people... Like uh, was wi-
0: Piano Teacher after Funny Games? Yeah, Piano oh. Teacher was oh one,
1: I think. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, I don't know why I thought it was before. Uh, but like the big ones that people love, Cache, White Ribbon. I haven't mm-hmm. seen those. I haven't seen Time of the Wolf, which seems to be one that mm-hmm. often doesn't get talked about. So maybe I'll it's something. The great. White Ribbon. I have it right over there. Um, I don't have that kind of time. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I was a big fan of uh, Michael Haneke around the time of Code Unknown and The Piano Teacher, mm-hmm. uh, and then just sort of stopped watching the new stuff maybe because it was part of like with like not with time, with like cache he suddenly had more cache like oh. he was like more in the sort of I don't know the lexicon of the cognoscenti or whatever and I was like Shh, been there yeah. I've been into Hanneke you know what I'm stupid I need to go back and watch those movies because more is amazing okay. alright let's start with the movies let's start with the movie May 4th that kicked off summer movie season, yeah. the Avengers. We've K- already given a lot of kicked, time to it.
0: Yeah, a lot of these, like we, I mean, some some of these we've devoted an entire episode to. Um, but and we, uh, and we did
1: a, a video uh, review of the Avengers, yeah. um, which can be found at Battleship or at our YouTube page. Right. But I'd rather you go through Battleship Please do. Um, yeah, and so uh, yeah, it's it's
0: so interesting because this doesn't happen that often. It does to a certain extent. Uh, the Avengers. Kicked off summer uh, the summer season and basically set the set the standard immediately. Yeah, no, I don't think there's a better summer movie this no this year.
1: No, it was know? until I saw a Avengers was my number one film of 2012. Yeah,
0: um, but you, but a not, to my knowledge, a summer blockbuster. No. no okay. No. All right. Just making sure. Um, um, and that that happens from time to time because summer used to be, summer movie season was. June, July, August, and that's it. Right. And then in the last few years, studios clearly were like, well, there's way too many superheroes. We and summer can't hold them all, and so then, then you start getting uh, you I've know got, the Iron Man movies in, in early May.
1: I've got a theory as to why. Okay, because these movies were summer movies because they were aimed at kids, and they wanted people to see them when they were out of school, right. Um, As Judd Apatow and others have pointed out to us, adolescence keeps getting extended well into uh, the person's 20s. -hmm. And so movies that uh, would essentially be made for 13 or 14 year olds are now uh, very enticing to people to whom summer doesn't mean as much and who will go see movies uh, these movies at any any time of the year really I mean the Hunger Games I not think, to
0: necessarily bash the people that it, that the, the no, non-teenagers I'd, that enjoy if you took
1: movies. it that way then I'm sorry that's not what I meant but just that people our age including mm-hmm. us yeah. are you know are into uh, into things that are um, seen as adolescent seen by people like David Cronenberg as adolescent Ugh. they are not adolescent okay. but I'm saying in, in another year you know the Hunger Games would have been a summer movie but it came out in March oh, yeah. You yeah, you know, and it's uh, and that's the thing is now I, I feel like in
0: the next three years there will still be summer movie season, but it is not going to be as concentrated as it is. I think yeah. March, April, and May, and then maybe September. I think, and sometimes sometimes it does reach into September, but I think March, April, May. I think those will become perfectly viable months for people who are, for studios that are like, well, we don't really need to. It's like if we release this in July, it might get swallowed up. We release it in April. We're yeah. number one for four weeks. Didn't work for John Carter. Did not work for John Carter. And no. that was
1: January. But at
0: th- January, isn't that when that came out? I thought it came out in March. Maybe you're right. So you've got it. Inf- you got the calendar in front of you. you oh, I had up. to scroll way up. Fair enough. Um, let's let's say you're right, yeah. and it was March. But it is one of those things where um, I was recently on the Auteur cast making this point about uh, Avatar that like it made. S- so much money. That was an
1: Oscar movie, right? When did Avatar come out?
0: It came out in December. Yeah. But it was originally slated to come out in the summer as was Titanic. And then they realized, well, wait a second, we can make a hell of a lot more money if this come, if this big blockbuster comes out in the midst of the dour Oscar movie season. And so, and it's one of the, like if Avatar had come out in the summer, it I'm confident that it would not be the number one movie of all time, hmm. um, because I mean, can you imagine Avatar against the Avengers? Like,
1: yeah, I just it, it see might, it might,
0: but Avengers might also not be up there. But as we see from other movies like Dark Shadows and Battleship. Like there were big movies that came out, yeah. the, Within well, a few weeks of the Avengers, and it swallowed them up.
1: You're, you're already opening it up, so let's talk about Dark Shadows, okay? Which we also reviewed uh, on our video series. Yeah, and, and that's, it was not good.
0: It, it was not good, and I and I, it mystifies me that movie
1: that it was. It,
0: Everything about yeah, Do you about mean
1: it? that it was like, you're you're puzzled by how it managed to be as unsuccessful as it was? Yeah. I don't mean like financially uns- unsuccessful, but like... Well, it was financially unsuccessful. I, I, but I mean, yeah. that's not what I'm talking about. Like it yeah. managed, it failed at being a good movie mm-hmm. despite having the tools to be a good yeah, movie. Yeah, it's all there. Um, I'm actually, I know that I
0: shouldn't be thinking mostly in financial terms, but st- like so much of summer movie season is like, is financial and and executive calculation the part is like how the hell do they not release dark shadows in october when there are not going to be a lot of other movies like it there's going to be a lot of horror movies and this is ostensibly a horror comedy with johnny depp and like at the to- at, at a time of year when people are open to horror movies but also might want this that is horror like but also sort of in theory comments on horror movies and and that sort of thing like it would have it would have been i think a huge financial success if they had released it in October um because October is like that is Oscar season but because of Halloween a lot of terrible movies that <laughs> have broad appeal are released in October and so
1: I think we'll be getting Hotel Transylvania this October, or does that come out before then?
0: I think it comes out at the end of September. Okay, but close enough. Um, and so, yeah. So, but also, that doesn't mean that Dark Shadows would have been better had it come out in October. But I think it might have done better. It might have done better, and also it might have been. I don't think this is true, but at the same time, like, what would we have been comparing it to at the time? As far as big, fun movies, there's not a lot of them in October, and so it might have we might've gained a little bit of perspective and said like this, it's fine.
1: I I don't think think anybody, I don't think anybody
0: would have embraced it, but I think, I think people would have been like, like when, when we compare things, like I said, the Avengers set the standard dark shadows came out the, the next week and Avengers has so much wit and genuine. It's so genuinely fun and there's great acting and it's, and it's funny. It's everything that in some ways dark shadows would want to be and just fails at. Whereas in October, the type of movies that we would be comparing dark shadows to are much worse. And so perhaps it would be, uh, it would grow in our estimation a little bit.
1: I don't know that I would, I think I possess the faculties to, to ferret out. The, I think so
0: as well, but, uh, the crackiness you know. of
1: dark shadows, no matter when I saw it. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a big disappointment to me. Um, and I mean, cause there are moments in it where it's like, Yes, that's the film I thought I was seeing, and then it, it goes yeah. away. Like I don't, I don't know, I don't know where we should stand on spoilers for Dark Shadows, but there's a scene with Barnabas Collins, the 200 year old vampire. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- uh, the movie obviously takes place in the early mm-hmm. 1970s. Mm-hmm. He's around a campfire with a bunch of hippies, yeah. And it is to me the best scene in the movie. It is exactly the movie that I thought that I was going to see, and there's very little else like that. Oh, there's also a scene, this one I can more, I can spoil a little more, where he talks to Chloe Grace Moretz's character, um, about how he can't believe that she's 15 and not married yet. That's also the kind of, I I like that sort of, like, weirdly uncomfortable, like he's talking about her, her hips and stuff, and like her ability to carry a child and and give birth, and she's a 15-year-old girl, like that's uncomfortable, um... Uh, you know, comedy that I wanted to see. Whereas the rest of the, like fish out of water stuff is the like, like oh, there's someone in the television that, you know, yeah. like th- that that kind of stuff is really really weak.
0: I think I responded to all the scenes between him and Helena Bonham Carter, just because I got a strong sense of who her character was. She's still two dimensional, but like, just she she has selfish desires, and I just it might be that Helena Bonham Carter just could bring. Some weight and presence to the character I, I, I do
1: think maybe those two actors played well off each other, but That's i true. don't i don't i don't like the way her character was used and and, and uh and like a like she along with Johnny miller's character uh oh, both yeah they both exit the film very abruptly and like at least unnecessarily. Her, at least her her exit
0: means something although it does I, I not what mean does. what the movie thinks it does <laughs> based on that last uh that last shot and so um yeah, and there are, and, and without, uh, I I said this in the um, in the video review, but it got cut out possibly because of a little spoilery. Um, I will not say what character this is, but at some point it is revealed that a character is a werewolf, and this character says, yeah, I'm a werewolf, let's not make a big deal out of it. And then in my head I'm like, no problem.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Way ahead of you.
1: All right. Um, so just a, such a ahead. yawn
0: of a movie. Did you see The Dictator? I did not, did you? Nope. Did you All see right. Battleship? No, of course not. Who did? Did you
1: see What to Expect When You're Expecting? I did not. Did you see Beyond the Black Rainbow? I did not. Did you see The Chernobyl Diaries? I did. You did? No. That would be awesome. (laughs)
0: Again, I'm trying to get Um, you to pay attention here, David. Did you see Men in Black 3? I didn't, but I wanted to, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. uh, Anything to say about it? uh, Just that... I, I've only seen the first Men in Black film. People say Men in Black Two is terrible. It and really it's not good. A lot of the reviews said that this just sort of a return to form as far as the the, uh-huh. the type of fun that it is.
1: Does that um, does Men in Black the first one hold up?
0: Yes, it does very much so.
1: Okay, because I, uh, yeah, I remember liking it a lot.
0: Yeah, I watch it probably every couple of years because it's just it's such a fun movie. But yeah,
1: it's still genuinely funny. It, and, there's a line in Men in Black, not a funny line, okay, but it's something that I think is so true. That I literally think of it maybe once a month or so. Okay. Which is when Tommy Jones is explaining to Will Smith what goes on, and Will Smith is like, Why don't you just tell people? People are smart. And Tommy Jones says, No, a person is smart. People are dumb, panicking animals and you know it. Yeah. And like and that's the line verbatim, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen the movie in ten years. It's so, so true about human nature. Uh, that I, I, think of that all the time.
0: Yeah. There's a certain uh, mob mentality. <laughs> I think that, uh, the film, uh, addresses and yeah, it's, it holds up, I think beautifully. And I really, you know, sometimes it takes a bit of not even stunt casting, but sometimes just perfect casting. And the idea of Josh Brolin as a young <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones and that they are, expo- that they explore who that character was when he was younger. Uh, I think that's that's interesting to me. So I will. I probably will see it uh, at some point, and uh, and I'm I'm excited to do so. And I heard that it was okay.
1: Okay. Um. Uh. Well, our, fir- our first uh, sort of indie-ish, not really indie. It was still anyway. Moonrise Kingdom. You saw that. Um. Oh, Tyler did not see Moonrise Kingdom. He had to Sorry, get up and look I, at his phone. I was phone. shaking
0: my head, but I, I'm—I was uh, waiting for a uh, text. okay, had to
1: check his phone to see if he'd seen Moon Knight's Kingdom*. So you didn't see it? I did not see it. I keep meaning to. Oh well, I mean, uh,
0: it's—you're um, the only person I know that doesn't like it.
1: I and I now that that
0: means anything, but you're yeah, not. Yeah.
1: But I will say, yes, I don't—I don't like it, but it is my second favorite uh, Wes Anderson film. Okay. The only Wes Anderson film that I like can can truly honestly say I like is *Fantastic Mr. Fox*. Mm-hmm. This, which you love, you love, love that one. Yes, yeah. and this one is my least disliked film. After that, man. Although oh man. I mean, rewatching Royal Tenenbaums recently, and I wrote about this when I wrote the review of the, of the Blu-ray, I did find a lot that I, a lot more that I liked. I still wouldn't mm-hmm. say I liked it overall, but I found a lot more to enjoy about it. I, and I think maybe it's it's often like this with comedies. Uh, this is a bit of a tangent, but often cause it's also, also happened with 21 jump street this, this, this year. I just saw that. I, uh, yeah, we talked about it, um, off mic. Um, I didn't like 21 jump street when I saw it. And so, and I think I stand by my opinion that it's not a very good movie, but watching it the second time and not caring about the parts that I don't like and just focusing on the jokes. I enjoyed it a lot more. Oh yeah. And I kind of feel like that's how I watched Royal bombs I still don't think it, it is, um, successful or effective. um, uh, in the, the sort of, like, emotionally transformative way a, uh, a a film really should be, but there's a lot more funny stuff than I remembered. Anyway, that's a tangent. Okay. I want to talk about Moonrise Kingdom, which, um, one, the I think the main reason I like Fantastic Mr. Fox so much, I know I said, let's talk about Moonrise Kingdom and now I'm talking about Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, the main reason I liked it so much is that, uh, in contrast to Wes Anderson's other films, uh, there is a lot of movement and momentum to the narrative mm. um in fantastic mr fox and uh, in, in not just to the narrative just to scene to scene there's it just moves a lot you know there's a lot of running and excitement and, and stuff and that's um feels so different from the stasis that i've come to expect from wes anderson and moon Eyes kingdom the first half or more does have that sort of stasis that mm. i don't like that i think does it's a kind of it's a, it's a deadpan approach to comedy that I think does work for some people and deadpan in theory works for me yeah. but sometimes when I think it's a little too winking or a little too self-consciously deadpan uh, it turns me off and that's yeah. why uh, part that's a lot of why I didn't care for The Brothers Bloom Ryan Johnson's film mm-hmm. uh, so Moonrise Kingdom has a lot of that same stasis but the, the third act is uh, more or less just one big chase sequence oh, that sounds like fun uh, and it really gets us uh, a good steam under it, and and gets and gets moving, and is is a lot of fun. And Jason Jason Schwartzman, uh, an actor that among my peers I am in the minority be- uh, on because I am not generally a fan of him, uh, but I think in his his small role in Moonrise Kingdom is probably my favorite thing he's ever done. Really? Okay. Yeah. Huh. And it is it is a pretty small role, but he's essentially. I mean, the uh, you know they're. They're like Boy Scouts. I can't remember what the actual what the name right. is because they're not allowed to use the name Boy Scouts, and they're probably not homophobes, uh, so that's why they're not Boy Scouts. Um, <laughs> See, like, that's the kind of thing I wouldn't, right. but I'm going to try to
0: avoid um, saying.
1: So there, there's, like, the camp on the island, and then at one point they go to the mainland where they go to sort of the main camp, mm. and it sort of uh, plays off the idea of, like, an army movie where everyone has their different role or army or prison movie, and Jason Schwartzman plays uh, sort of, like, i guess um i guess red in uh shawshank redemption he's the guy who can get stuff okay he's the guy who's connected and he's kind of like a mover and shaker yeah Uh, you know uh only it's among boy scouts he's like a uh what do you call it a counselor a troop leader or whatever yeah yeah um but uh so it's it's that sort of play on the platoon movie where everyone serves a role or the prison movie where everyone has their own different thing uh anyway that's that's moonrise kingdom um I don't know if I'll maybe you know maybe when I watch it uh, again I'll end up liking it a lot. Yeah, it's
0: <sighs> I, it's frustrating. Person. Like there there I've had several opportunities to see it and invariably either because of who I'm seeing a movie with or just uh, I, I sort of weigh things out, I wind up seeing something else. Um, not yeah. because I'm not interested in Moonrise Kingdom, I very much am. But like there was a night when it's like, do I see Moonrise Kingdom or Beast of the Southern Wild? And it's like. I feel like I will have less of an opportunity to see *Beasts of the Southern Wild* in, say, a week, um, and that has pr- uh, that has shown, yeah, okay, and
1: yeah. that
0: has shown itself to be true, by the way, because yeah, but I think *Moonrise Kingdom* is still of- over here at the ArcLight Sherman Oaks, which I'll probably try to see this week.
1: I wouldn't be entirely surprised if *Beasts of the Southern Wild* got another theatrical release. I could see that close to, to closer to the end of the year. Yeah, because I think it's proved to be more yeah, more of a crowd pleasing. Uh, movie than nah, I didn't see it, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying. going on reactions. It seems like more than maybe was expected and I think has better Oscar hopes than, uh, than was initially expected. And that's why, or maybe not Oscar, but other awards. Independent season.
0: spirit awards. Sure. that's yes. of thing.
1: Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah. Moving on to Snow White and the Hunts, Huntsman. So we're into June now. Um, I guess so. Yeah. Um, again, I'm in the minority cause I thought this was a, a really cool movie. Um, uh, I uh, agree that Kristen Stewart is not, uh, you know, that fantastic Dyna- dynamic. Not that, not that dynamic. And you know, I, I remember even though I didn't like Into the Wild very much, and certainly not as much as as you do, right. uh, I remember liking her in that. Yeah, she's pretty good. And I don't know if maybe that's just sort of it's a one hit wonder thing where that's that was the perfect role for her, or or maybe the sort of slog of Ford Twilight movies um, has altered her uh, as, as an actress. I could see that happening. I think she's perpetually miscast.
0: Yeah. Uh, she works in that because, first off, the character is young and kind of awkward and shy. Mm-hmm. And she does seem like that. She seems a little, maybe a little moody, a little angsty, which, having seen the first Twilight movie, that doesn't seem like that character.
1: Yeah, um, I haven't seen any of them.
0: And... And I know some people that have read the books, and they said like that's not cast well. And then I saw like uh, Adventureland, and I thought she was she was okay in that. Oh yeah. But like any time like she has to play somebody that is young and has a certain type of that that teenage moodiness that mm-hmm. uh, that some of us went through. I think she excels at that. But like there's nothing about that in S- this character of Snow White. Um, and so I think, but I remember thinking she was pretty good in Panic Room. She was in Panic Room. She was like the daughter her. in that. But it's just, I think if you were to use her right, she could be really great.
1: Um, real quick uh, tangent about Adventureland. Okay. Do you think, you, know, you and I both like the movie. Mm-hmm. But do you think the fact that it was, okay, it was advertised so poorly. Yes. And a lot of the conversation about it became... This is a movie that's much better than the trailer makes it
0: look. Yeah, you and I had that conversation ourselves a couple years ago.
1: Yes. Um, but do you think that because of that contrast to the trailer, people give it a little more credit or rank it a little higher than it deserves? Because again, I think Adventureland is a Adventureland is um a good movie. But I do think it has it has some problems. It's it's above average movie, it's a B. B-plus, maybe.
0: Yeah, I go, I'd go. probably go B-plus. But
1: I feel like certain people embraced it so much and possibly motivated partly by the fact that it... You know, I, I know I did the same thing with Josie and the Pussycats when it came out, mm-hmm. because I felt like it was a movie that was not advertised at all the way that the movie actually is. Um, and I became sort of a champion for it. And looking back on it now, I still think Josie and the Pussycats is a good movie. Mm-hmm. But I understand that it's not as great as I was probably making it seem in two thousand one, two thousand two. I think it's a
0: combination of it being mismarketed, and then probably as a result, the film did not do well. If the film had done okay, but everyone acknowledged it was mismarketed, I don't think people would be so quick to jump to its defense, right? Right. And uh, and I, would I go probably so far in the other direction. But I think it's the one two punch of like this movie, uh, like. Even though you can't guarantee it, the idea of like this movie didn't do well because it was mismarketed, and I think uh, I think that's like a almost like a, a double whammy for some people, and so they they might go a little too far in in defending the film.
1: Okay, uh, speaking of defending films, Snow White and the Huntsman, okay. um, which you can read my review slash defense. <laughs> I, I don't think I knew when I was writing it that it was a defense because I was writing it before it had come out, and I, I generally mm-hmm. don't. Uh, I try not to read um, other reviews before I write mine.
0: Generally, uh, I'm the
1: same way. Yes. Um, so I didn't really know that I was defending it uh, because. Do you, real quick, do you ever
0: write a review and you think that you've really latched onto something uh, very unique and you're pleased with yourself? Uh-huh. Then you read every other review afterwards. You're like, nope, everyone <laughs> thought this.
1: <laughs> yeah, not I just know that. me. But also the other thing where I've I've written something and pointed like focused on something and then like. Um, one of my favorite critics will be, like, the only other person I read who focuses on that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm as good as so-and-so. Fair enough. <laughs> um, uh, I, I definitely felt that... This wasn't a song movie, because it won't come up. but I wrote a uh, negative review of The Cabin in the Woods, mm-hmm. and um, so did Mark Holcomb on The Village Voice, and our our um, our, our complaints were very similar. And I kind of I kind of felt... Like, yeah, I deserve to be writing reviews. I deserve to be going to press <laughs> screenings. People should be reading me. I'm clearly as smart as this guy who writes for The Village Voice. There you go. Uh, and no, I, nine, nine times out of ten, I am not as smart as Mark Holcomb. Um, I'm right. sorry, I got, I got off track there. No, I've gotten this off track a million times. Uh, Snow White and the Huntsman, um, I think it's uh, probably, uh, in, in terms of summer movies being spectacles, I think uh, it's the most spectacular, the prettiest to look at Mm -hmm. uh, movie that I've seen uh, all year. And I think you and I talked about this uh, recently with Dave Chen when he was in town. Uh, And I think he audio-blogged it. Um, Is it available yet? I forget. I don't know how that works. Uh, I feel like they're made available right away um, on his blog. Uh, So that would have been a week ago, or or more than a week ago, by the time you're hearing this. Um, And we talked about the difference between movies like certain movies even like uh, an Avengers that like has a lot of spectacle you Mm -hmm. know there's big you know there's a helicarrier and there's explosions and there's uh, and there's some of the cool stuff like the shot that's in the trailer of Iron Man like flying through the buildings and leading those flying things and like crashing them into the walls behind him uh, that's really cool. And it makes you go, Oh, cool. Uh, you know, or the shot, the like tracking shot down the flying alien in the air as like different people are fighting on its back. Yeah. You know, that's really cool stuff. But Snow White and the Huntsman is a beautiful movie. Right. It's beautiful to look at. And maybe my saying that, um, speaks to my own sense of aesthetic and Mm -hmm. the fact that it's, it has this sort of like, um, it, it, sort of goes back and forth between this like darkly Gothic beauty uh, you know, and kind of like scary beauty. I don't mean, uh, like Gothic in the good Tim Burton way, not the recent Tim Burton. way. I was just
0: going to say like, it's almost like Batman returns to a certain extent yeah, yeah. where it's ostensibly an action movie, but it, uh-huh. but it's also like this very, and, and it's just as striking visually as some action movies, but in a completely different way yeah, yeah. and a way that having not seen Snow White and the Huntsman, but, uh, do you think that there's people out there that might... Because you and I have said this before. Uh, we said it in our uh, video review of The Raid Redemption. Um, there is something a little frustrating to a movie not quite knowing what it is or wanting to wanting to layer something on. That's I'm fine with that. But trying to layer something on because it somehow doesn't trust what it is? And do you think like... There are people out there who would say that Snow White and the Huntsman, like, it didn't need to have this type of look. It could have just been this other thing, and that it's. I feel the other that, way. That it's, like it's, that it's a little pretentious as a result.
1: I, I feel like the other way, it should have just stuck with the look and not had things like the, the love triangle that is, okay. like, really undercooked. Um, like, I almost, when I think about it, I almost forget about the other guy. There's Snow White the Huntsman, and then there's another guy. Oh, okay. And I, like, I, I kind of forget about him. Um, uh but okay so it has like this that that sort of beauty that's like scary like the 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 woods that have these like the woods that they go into are sort of like uh enchanted in a very dark way like Mm -hmm. there are uh horrors and dangers and like you know uh plants that release poisonous gas as you step on them and there are trolls and there are uh, and the oh the poisonous gas is not only poisonous it's uh, a hallucinogen and it makes you hallucinate horrifyingly terrible things such as like the trees coming to life and mm. and uh attacking you and stuff and so that stuff is terrifyingly beautiful and it vacillates between that and the stuff when they go to the nice part of the woods that and i think maybe some more jaded people maybe laughed at this stuff that is like beautiful like a uh uh, I think detractors would say it's like some sort of detergent commercial or something like that, where it's okay. like, you know, everything's coming to life or, or like, uh, air freshener maybe, you know, okay. like it's just sort of beautiful colors and birds flying out and there's a giant, like, uh, you know, pure white stag in, in the, like standing on a lily pad or something, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's really unabashedly and in ways that could be confused, uh, accused of being cheesy, uh, you know beautiful, hmm. and it has these two these two sides that it goes back and forth between and i and I found that the most compelling. I mentioned Tim Burton just now, but the person I mentioned in my review and on uh, dave 's audio blog last week is Fritz Lang mm-hmm. um, and I think that 's a more apt comparison. I think if Fritz Lang were working today and had access to um, you know uh, CGI and other such uh, modern Technological tools, I think he would absolutely be embracing them and making movies that look like Snow White and the Huntsman.
0: Hmm. All right, moving on. Hold on. Uh, well, oh yeah, I guess you you've got a more comprehensive list. Yeah. Did you see
1: Piranha Three Double D? Uh, no, of course not. Did you see Madagascar Three: Europe's Most Wanted?
0: I didn't, but I heard it was actually like the best one. But at the same time, I haven't seen any of them either. They didn't look. They didn't look that interesting to me. I've seen
1: the first two Ice Ages. Okay. That's the same company, right? The both DreamWorks. I think or? so. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Prometheus. You saw right. that. We've talked about it a lot.
0: Yeah, we've talked about it a fair amount. Um, but yeah, that's one where. Who was it's the just... guest when we talked? Was it Will? Oh, it was it was Will. Anderson. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, I was thinking. Yeah.
0: But yeah, and so it's that's one... we don't need to go into a lot of detail about it. But it, it there was I cannot think.
1: Eh. It, well, you know okay. what this reminds me it's, of.
0: Dark Knight Rises is probably the most anticipated movie of the year. But Prometheus, it was a different type of anticipation. It was a very... Because with Dark Knight Rises, we had, an, we had a general idea of what it was going to be. Because the, the movies that led up to it were fairly recent. Prometheus was a promise that this was going to be 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were excited and hopeful but probably a little cautious as well and and as it turns out I think we had reason to be
1: but I mean um, it wasn't just us movie nerds who were into it I think it had a really fantastic marketing campaign which is not something yes. I usually talk about but I know that like lots of like regular people like I told you did I tell you about the guy on the bus I feel like I talked about this on the podcast I was on the bus and I was reading it's like two weeks before it came out there was a story in Entertainment, Entertainment Weekly like just like photos from the set and like interviews or whatever and I was just reading it and the guy next to me uh, just tapped me on the shoulder, like nudged me and pointed at it. He was like, the movie's going to be fucking dope.
0: <laughs> um, you might've said that on the show. I didn't remember until now, but uh, yeah. a line like that might've refreshed my memory a little
1: bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, people, um, people were looking forward to it and it was not good. You know, but this uh, th- this idea that we've talked about it and talked about it and every time we talk about it, we talk about it a little less, reminds me of um, back when we lived in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and this back to Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, one of the weekly newspapers was, uh, and probably still is, uh, New City, mm-hmm. uh, which um, Ray Pride, um, a a critic that I, uh, you know, often disagree with, but I think is one of one of my favorite working critics today, um, would write for. And there would be sort of the new reviews every week, and then they would keep the capsule versions of the reviews right. of the stuff that was still playing. And every week, to make room, the longer something. Was in there the shorter more would be condensed, and I think by week four or five of the Royal Tenenbaums, it just said the Royal Tenenbaums. A major disappointment. <laughs> <And> then like <laughs> listed the places it was playing. <laughs> anyway, so th- that's one I obviously do agree with uh, mm-hmm. with Ray Pride on uh, Lola Versus. Whew, oh, you saw that? Yeah, that was a whiff. Okay, that was that was really really bad. Okay, um, and, and you know, uh, speaking of reviews. Um, I haven't seen uh, Sleepwalk With Me yet. Right. Um, But there was a recent review, I guess the LA Weekly review. Listeners can probably tell Village Voice LA Weekly is, like, one of the main things I read. Um, And I'm struggling to remember who it was by. It might have been Nick Pinkerton, but I can't remember. Um, But the review of Sleepwalk With Me, Sleepwalk With Me, um, uh, was uh, essentially talked about the idea that this being based on, like, having existed as a Broadway play and in stand-up and uh, as an NPR or a This American Life uh, episode, it's essentially just another franchise like all the big blockbuster ones we are. It's just aimed at a different audience. Hmm. And that's how I feel about Lola Versus. It's like dressed up in the clothes of being like an indie movie and it's supposed to appeal to that sort of niche. Mm -hmm. But it really is that's just all marketing and it's just as shitty uh, rom com as any other shitty rom com that stars Matthew McConaughey and Jennifer Lopez or whatever. Do you ever saw the wedding? Do you find
0: yourself, uh, like when an indie movie is genuinely bad, do you ever find yourself being like, okay, all right great. (laughs) Just not that we should like revel in any movie being bad, but it's that idea. Like it's more exciting that like, okay, I'm still able to find this bad. Whereas maybe 10, 12 years ago, I might be defending it solely on the grounds that it's more indie and somehow that makes it better.
1: But I think in recent years, because, um, another thing that I think came up in that same audio blog was this idea that in the future, um, production companies and studios, um, will become more like cable channels where they won't be aiming for... The, maybe a couple of them, the big ones that are big now, will still be aiming for the hugest possible audience and releasing these blockbusters. But other ones will just be finding their niche and making movies specifically for that and mm. be, because it's easier with the internet and everything to find the audience. Yeah, um, And I think because of movements in that direction, there are actually more indie movies that I hate now than I did five or six years ago. All right. So I actually find myself, maybe I did used to have that sense of like, all right, but now I feel like I go into an indie movie, especially an American indie. And I hate to be like that kind yeah. of snob. I mean, I'm a true patriot, but especially an American indie indie movie, I go in maybe a little more skeptical than well, I used Well, I think to. because
0: here you're much more likely to find an, the term indie to be like, co-opted by studios yeah, yeah, and that yeah, sort of thing. True. So, uh,
1: Did you see Safety Not Guaranteed?
0: I didn't. I heard it was wonderful. Uh, did you see Rock of Ages? Uh, and of course not, and I wanted to mention that. Okay. Um, I feel like there were more bombs this summer than in recent memory.
1: That was, again, like, uh, hopefully this will be the last time I mentioned it, but that was the impetus for that audio blog we did with Dave last week. It yeah. was his sort of thesis. And it's...
0: Uh, and I don't know. I, I can't think of why it, why it was, but it's just you know, Dark Shadows, Battleship, uh, Rock of Ages. There will be a couple more, even this uh, one more this month. Uh, yeah, the month we're in we're discussing, not September, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, June, but just. I, and I can't figure out why. I, I, my hope is that it's a, it's like a good thing. It's like like a, a certain cynicism or. Wariness on the part of the American audience, where they see the trailer for *Rock of Ages* and they're just like, "I recognize that you're throwing a lot of stars at me. It's not enough. You I, need I to actually do
1: more." I, I hope it is, it's that, but I think but it's I don't the don't. opposite of cynicism, or okay. it, it's exposing the studio cynicism of them saying, right. "Like, here's *Battleship*. You know that name, or Tom Cruise. You know who this yeah. is. You'll go see this piece of shit." And people yeah. are saying, uh, "No," I especially yeah. with. With cable TV like having so much to offer, there are other things for people to do. (laughs) And I think the movies that did really
0: hit, they stayed in theaters so long uh, that I think people are like, well, I could see this, which frankly doesn't look that good to me, regardless of what the studio is telling me. Or... I could see something that I know to be good, and I think I will enjoy. You know, that's that's how a movie like Hunger Games and The Avengers yep. makes so much money.
1: All right, let's uh, let's step on it.
0: That said, I'm uh, still sort of interested in seeing Rock of Ages for Tom Cruise because every negative okay. review says he is amazing.
1: Uh, I, I've always liked him. Um, he, he's been good in bad movies before. Um, oh yeah, I didn't see Night and Day, but uh, I didn't either. But uh, I heard it was not
0: good. I, I have HBO Go now. Yeah. And uh, I, I plan on watching it because it will um, only cost my time.
1: All right, let's move ahead. Uh, did you see That's My Boy? I didn't. How did that do this year? I don't know. Okay. Um, I don't this think, year I don't is if think it, it comes it out well. every year. It sort of does. <laughs> 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 I didn't see Your Sister, Sister. No. I didn't see Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter.
0: Okay. I, I do want to spend a little bit of time okay, on that. Okay, not too long. We're, we're, we're yeah, we're running taking a little behind. Long. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's another one. That is another one that uh, was based on uh, a very popular book. Um it had pretty solid marketing campaign and they really put it out there but like it did not do well at all. Um and I, I wonder if it's this and this is the other thing. This is the this is the flip side where I wonder if that one didn't do well because of the lack of a star. Yeah. You know?
1: Um in keeping with the uh, ad nauseum Royal Tenenbaums references... Oh, good. So, all right. And also... Um, uh, okay. A few months ago, I we uh, I talked about something that Matt Singer had said that got me in some, some heat. Some people didn't like it. But I want to talk about something Matt Singer said on Twitter that was one of the greatest things. Okay, good. It was about Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, and he said, We all know Abraham Lincoln didn't use a pocket watch as a weapon. What this movie presupposes is... Maybe he did <laughs> <laughs> uh so that was awesome brave any words about it uh i yeah,
0: I found it disappointing um it you know what and this this speaks to like the quality that Pixar can put out i was i, I found it disappointing because it was merely good <laughs> you know what I mean like it's i i, well, you I, I pages about a,
1: about pixar's quality There's, well like you know, for
0: example i recently saw finding nemo 3d and um and yeah. finding nemo is like i hadn't seen it in a while i've seen it a lot but i hadn't seen it in a while and then i watched it I'm like man this movie great i need like, to watch it, it is again fantastic. because i
1: for years have said finding nemo is my favorite pixar movie or up until two years ago when it was unseated by toy story 3 right but i want does it does I'd it hold, match up with toy story 3 do you think It's man, it is really up there. Like every
0: time I, I got a little. I think I got a little tired of it. I think Jen and I watched it too much, and so it's probably been like three years since we saw it. And then we went and saw Finding Nemo 3D together, and uh, just like man, this is. I know it sounds. This sounds maybe a little too technical. It's like man, you cannot beat this structure. Like it's, (laughs) but uh, but Brave, wound up being like. You know you and I were so excited for it to be like a oh the first female protagonist yeah. and then it winds up being a totally run of the mill story that's too bad and just and she happens to be a little bit more athletic than the typical uh, like Disney princess but at the same time like compared to like a Pocahontas or a, or a Jasmine or something like that or Mulan like not really yeah. she's and and the weird like it had some a weird like manic energy where there's like a lot of violence, but most of it is consequence free. Like there's all these. And if I was Scottish, I might be a little offended because just the idea that all these Scotsmen, just all they do is drink and fight all the time. (laughs) But, but the, like the fights, like all of these people should be dead. I'm fine with But like, they turn it into like a weird, like, like a roadrunner cartoon or something. And, uh, but it is, it is. However, does Robert Carlisle do a voice?
1: Is he one of the voices? No, that's too bad.
0: (laughs) Uh it is, however, Oh one the voice of most, I know is Kelly McDonald. I uh, love her. Billy Connolly, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um and I and others. <laughs> um Craig Ferguson, I think. Oh. Um But the uh what I will say is it it is one of the more beautiful movies I've seen all year. And and I use the word that you Right. I want to make sure I use that word because it's just like that the forest that they create, and like there's a certain shot I have in mind when I think of Brave. This is the shot I think of. It's just this swooping shot as as uh, the character is uh, riding on a horse into the woods as the sun is starting to set, and the way the sun like the sunbeams like come through the trees and like hits like the the autumnal leaves like it's really beautiful, a- as beautiful as anything uh, shot live action. So it's worth seeing, absolutely. But okay. it's just I was disappointed.
1: Uh, seeking a friend for the end of the world. Didn't see it. To Run With Love. Didn't see it. Beast of the Southern Wild. It was very good. I,
0: I actually got... I, I loved the way it started. I was a little iffy in the middle because I was like, I, I, I'm really having a hard time latching onto these characters, like mm-hmm. sympathizing with them. And that is a mm-hmm. film that that needs you to sympathize with its characters. But then by the time it ended, uh, it's, it's not that it redeemed a bad second act. It's that it makes it makes you rethink that second act as far as how you relate to these characters. And, uh, and yeah, it wound up, it, that's, that's a really wonderful film with a
1: really good soundtrack, by the way. Yeah. Um, Medea's witness protection. I
0: did see that one. I did not see that one. Uh,
1: magic Mike. I saw it. Did you see it? I didn't. And I wanted to, um, I guess it's successful at what it set out to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by that rubric, it is a good movie. I don't ever want to watch it again. Okay. I found it incredibly depressing. Um, it's uh, oh, like, I mean, I know it, it gets compared to Showgirls a lot, um, in its structure, and it mm-hmm. is you know the the same general story as Showgirls, uh, and it also has you know people on stage taking off their clothes like in Showgirls, but um, when Showgirls explored sort of the seedier side of that life, it did it in a camp way that mm-hmm. was fun to laugh at you know yeah. uh, everything was sort of overheated um magic mike i feel is like so unapologetically realistic about uh how unpleasant their lives are that it it made me feel like i almost like i felt like i needed to wash my hands after i watched the movie like it was just grimy you know and part of that is uh soderberg's very specific aesthetic choices um uh whereas i think if this were not, if this were shot by, you know, obviously Steven Soderbergh shoots his own movies under uh, under a, a pseudonym. Um, what is it? Peter, Peter Andrews, I Peter believe. Peter Andrews. Um, if this were not shot by someone that we already know is good, I would say this is a poorly photographed movie because it is mm-hmm. ugly to look at. Um, and in some ways it does seem haphazard. There are times, you know, during the performances on stage where you can't, really see the person's face because the shadow there's too many shadows Mm. and it's not like in an artful way it just seems like oh that person stepped out of their light and you can't see them anymore uh and but i do think it's i do think that's all intentional but as a result it turned the movie into a bit of an endurance test for me Mm. um and it was unpleasant to watch though i still think it was successful at what set what it set out to do.
0: Yeah, this is this has been kind of an interesting year for Channing Tatum because while The Vow is very much the type of thing that he had he had done before I hear that he's great in Magic Mike. Mm-hmm. I I loved him in Haywire,
1: which sure, yeah, yeah, which
0: yeah. in which got a wide release this this year. I counted Was it as a Was that January? Yeah.
1: Okay. Maybe that's... I was getting Haywire and John Carter confused.
0: Let's go with that story. Okay, let's do that. Um, And then 21 Jump Street, I love him. I think he's great.
1: And there's an upcoming movie called 10 Years, which I feel like... Oh, yeah. I'm already going... I already feel like I'm going to have a tough time convincing people that it's as good as it is. Okay. But it really did feel... I'm not going to say it's as good as Days and Confused, because Days and Confused is one of my personal favorite movies of all time, Mm -hmm. but it had that feel to it. I really enjoyed 10 Years. It's about a 10-year reunion, and Channing Tatum is in it, along with a bazillion other uh, actors that you really like, I'm sure. That sounds great. Um, People Like Us, did you see that? I did see that. You reviewed it, right? I did.
0: Meh. Okay.
1: Uh, Uh, Meh,
0: instead of, uh, uh, in spite of a couple of very good performances chris pine i think is a pretty charismatic actor and elizabeth banks is very watchable all the time she sure, makes choices sure. that i like
1: yeah um ted you saw that i did not like that okay i know a lot of people yeah you are in the minority on that one yeah, much I, to, much to my surprise i feel like maybe people went in with such low expectations that it but i went in with low expectations too and it lived up to them i, I just <laughs> lived down to them yeah it lived down to those expectations um i mean i will say there's a couple things i think in terms of just scene construction and editing and stuff i think seth MacFarlane is a much more able and competent director than i would have guessed okay um the 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 skeleton of the film works it it moves along at a at a, at a good pace there are scenes um that you know require directorial and uh aesthetic choices that I think are uh, are generally correct, you know, there's a there's a hotel room fight that I think is very well done and there's also um a uh, uh, a party that gets a little out of hand that I think is also well presented. It's just that the jokes are not good. Mm-hmm. Uh almost I mean there's a couple of things that I laughed at. Um one of them is in the trailer uh where he's uh tr- where Mark Wahlberg is listing every white trash girl name that he can think of okay uh, in in quick succession so yeah there are, there are some there are some good jokes um but most of it is not just not just not funny but unfunny unpleasantly uncomfortably unfunny mm-hmm. to me okay Moving on to uh, New Young Journeys. I saw that. Don't bother. Uh, Take This Waltz. Did you see? Didn't say it. We talked about Amazing Spider-Man on here uh, at some length, so I don't know if we need to say much more
0: about Uh, it. I will give a quick summary uh, of some of my feelings since then.
1: Oh, they've changed.
0: Uh, Yes. I don't know if it's even possible, but I have become aggressively ambivalent. Uh, It just, like, I don't know... How a person can angrily, can angrily say, I don't give a shit.
1: Uh-huh. Well, that's different than ambivalent. So you're, you're doing what... You're making the mistake that one of the writer's character in Girl Interrupted made. That sounds right. You're getting ambivalent...
0: Once again, people compare me to her all the time.
1: You're getting <laughs> the word ambivalent mixed up with the word indifferent. Indifferent, okay. Ambivalent means you're not sure... Like, you feel kind of torn. You like it as okay, much as right, you don't like enough. it. Okay,
0: fair enough. Yeah. I guess, yeah, uh... Indifferent is 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 what I yeah, but it's I like just, to go
1: with insouciant, which means the same thing, but it sounds, sounds better, yeah, yeah sounds better. and sounds better. <laughs> somehow
0: like a like a cooking term,
1: yeah, but um, <laughs> oh, it's an insouciant reduction,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it just like the more I think about Spider Man, the stuff that I liked has completely faded away, but the stuff I didn't like has either remained or also faded away. It is a film that is. I found to, I, I now find to be so forgettable that it makes me angry.
1: I still think the first act, and I know that's the thing that people said we didn't need is that first act again. We do we need another origin story? You know, people know, but I actually think the origin story, that first act, is the best, the strongest part of the movie. Well, because they're
0: I, playing up the relationship with him and his uncle, and I think yeah, that that's works. exactly. Well, yeah.
1: first off, they make the they they made the decision to make Peter Parker, I, I think, less likable than. Uh, Tom Maguire's Peter Parker, yeah, I, but not, not unlikable, right? He's still sympathetic, but he's, um, I guess, the word that I keep coming back to is he's just kind of a shit. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he he generally um, he's a use, teenager. He uses the fact yeah. he's a teenager that uh, something that I related to in, uh, is that he uses the fact that he is generally made fun of or ostracized at school as an excuse or justification to be a dick. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of his journey is learning sort of how to be, uh, aware of other people, aware of the affections that his actions have on other people, you know, and, 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 to, and to do things for, to be motivated by things other than this, um, I guess not vengeance, but you know, uh, would he could the self righteousness or, or you know that 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 motivates him early on? He becomes, he becomes a better person, yeah. so I like that, that story. And there is a short,
0: very brief, there's an interaction between him and Dennis Leary in which they sort of talk about like they genuinely explore the downside of vigilantism. Yeah, we talked about
1: this, and I, I like that. Vigilantism,
0: a lot. vigilantism, okay. Yeah. Um, vigilantism, there we go. I guess that's what, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that's the thing is like with that cast. With the budget and with some of the ideas, it could have been great, Mm -hmm. and it just and it and it is barely memorable.
1: Uh, I mean, you've often said that uh, an action movie or movie like this is is only as good as its villain, and that is the biggest ball dropping oh absolutely of, of amazing Spider-Man, is it just uh that that villain is so haphazard the way yeah, they it's like a they, formality like yeah. oh, we need yeah. a villain so i guess let's do this uh katie perry part of me 3d didn't see it savages you saw which i didn't I did know see you savages,
0: saw yes until you told me the other day yeah so obviously it didn't spent, make that I meant, big i spent impression. three bucks on it <laughs> um yeah i saw it and uh and it's i'm not sure if i'd recommend it but from a stylistic standpoint, and from the point of view of uh, a couple of f- incredibly fun performances, Benicio del Toro is delightful slash horrifying. And
1: how was John Travolta? I liked him. I thought he was pretty good. I, I still, in certain roles, even when the movie's not good, like Broken Arrow or Swordfish, yeah, I love the choices he makes. Even in the Punisher movie, I think I yeah. just like him as a hammy bad guy.
0: Yeah, and he's not necessarily a bad guy right. in this, but he's he's hammy, and and the movie, you know the movie the movie bears that out like it's like Taylor Kitsch and by the way this is the year of of Tatum and not Kitsch (laughs) um but uh but like Taylor Kitsch and uh it's Kitsch right I'm saying that okay and Aaron Johnson like they play things down so much that like freaking Salma Hayek and John Travolta and and Benito del Toro like they just run away with it and you're like oh, yeah, I guess we're following these two guys. <laughs> and just, so it's, in some ways, it's sort of worth seeing. It it, it feels way more like, honestly, uh, Tony Scott than than Oliver Stone. Yeah. But it has a U-turn type quality to it, which is not a film I, I never love. saw U-turn.
1: Um, speaking of John Travolta, though. Okay. Do you don't know I rewatched last week? What's that? Saturday Night Fever. Which I still haven't seen. You have to see it. I know. I really think that, uh... John Travolta's per- performance as Tony Manero is one of the greatest performances in film history, and I don't know that it's necessary. Gene I think- Siskel's favorite film of all time. Yeah, yep. He owned the uh, he
0: owned the, the right. suit.
1: I think you told me that. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know if it's necessary that John Travolta has become less of an actor i think it is sort of like we were talking about with christian stewart like right role at, right at the right time he was just mm. perfect for that role there are so many line readings that he has in that movie that are both incredibly poignant and laugh out loud hilarious mm. to me this one point he says and i won't be able to capture how funny it is but the woman that he's like sort of that is his dance partner that he's like interested in but isn't interested in him they're walking down the street and he says he says Uh, you know what, let me tell you something. I never told you this before, but I think you're full of shit. (laughs) And he's so mean, he's so earnest about it. Yeah. Uh, And it is kind of poignant, but it's uh, hilarious. Like, I think, I think he has
0: sort of faded I think his talent somehow has kind of gone away to a certain extent, but like, I mean, Pulp Fiction, Get Shorty, Primary Color, like, he's got some great performances uh, in his career, and Any f- I mean, to the point where you and I have talked about this uh, recently, and I, and I think we said this about I said this about uh, Matthew McConaughey and Bernie, and I find myself thinking about it more and more. Like the sign of a gra- of a really great performance is that you cannot imagine anybody else playing that. That is this person's character through and through. And his Chili Palmer, his, his Vincent Vega, you know, Tony Manero, like that is him. I can't. It seems somehow blasphemous to think of somebody else in those roles.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Ice Age Continental Drift didn't say it. Uh, Farewell, My Queen is a is a, a French film that w- wouldn't be considered really a summer movie, but it right. came out the summer, and it's one of my one of my favorite movies of the year so far. Okay. It's, it, it, it takes place at Versailles, and it starts it starts the day of the uh, storming of the Bastille. Like the mm. Bastille, storming the Bastille happens that night, and then it takes place over the next few days. But it never leaves Versailles. Um, so you don't see the Storming of the Bastille. You only see the, the the aristocracy and the court sort of reacting to it. But it's told from the point of view of uh, Servant. That um, sounds very interesting. Yeah, um, re- Really great. I really want to see Sheldon play the hits, which is the LSD, LCD, sound, <laughs> LCD sound system uh, concert film. The Dark Knight Rises we did a whole yeah. episode on. Yeah. So you can check that out with Pat Francis. I, gi- I give it a B. B What I said that's B or B minus I think I said B minus
0: yeah I've I saw it a second time a few days ago and uh parts of it hold up uh I saw I found more logical flaws in it Mm -hmm. um but uh Bane has actually gotten like I, I like him even more now and I liked him before so I I think it's a I think it's a it's a very good movie, but not great.
1: I want to wait till it's no longer hackneyed or cliched to do Bane Impressions and then start working on my Bane impression. Oh, absolutely. Because I really want to do one. Yeah. It seems
0: like a lot of fun. I think a lot of people can do an, uh, a Bane Impression. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I worked on it a little bit, and uh, tell you what, I'll meet you I'll meet you here in three months. Okay. We'll and on mic, we'll do Battling Banes. <laughs> okay.
1: Um I know this has a similar title to the thing I just talked about, but the queen of Versailles documentary, um, is also one of my favorite movies it, of the year. That so far. sounds
0: absolutely wonderful. Yeah.
1: That's, um, basically, uh, this woman, um, Oh, what is her name now? Or, or, or then Lauren Greenfield. Um, she had made a documentary called thin that I had heard good things about, about, uh, anorexic women, hmm. um, that I hadn't, hadn't seen. Um, but, uh, she was following this family, incredibly wealthy family because they were building the largest single-family home in the country. Mm. And they were calling it Versailles. They were building it outside of Orlando. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you live in Orlando. That was mean of me to laugh at that. They should have built it in Paris, Texas, obviously. <laughs> but part of the thing, like, well, I'll get back to that. Um, uh, and then, and so that she was sort of following them, just be, uh, that human interest story, and mm-hmm. then fall 2008 happened and they lost a lot of their money and, and, had to halt construction and went through this, uh, very difficult time where they had to, they ha- I mean, it's things that sounds really like, Oh, they had to lay like, a I had to get rid of all but two of their maids. Like, it sounds like, Oh, that's, you know, poor them. But these kids, like that's the only life they know. Right. And like, it really upends their life. And it's a, a really fascinating and you know, it does have a certain sense of derision to it, but it also has a lot of sympathy. And I think it balances those things very well. It's, it's a really good movie, but part of the thing is they're talking about how they want to put, they put this house uncompleted house on the market and the obstacles against selling it are a, that it's uncompleted and B that it's in Orlando. And frankly, like the kind of people who can afford it don't want to live in Orlando. Hmm. And that's, that's a problem for them. Uh, Again, I'm, Sorry if you live in Orlando. It's by Disney World. I've been to Orlando a couple times. I want to go again so I can go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Damn right. Um, Did you see Iron Sky? I did not. Uh, Ruby Sparks. I want to talk about just for a second because it is exactly the kind of thing we were talking about earlier about the kind of American indie. uh, Again, it's Fox Searchlight. I don't know if it's that indie, but uh, the kind of American indie that I go into uh, skeptical because of uh, it's just you know about hip, you know white kids who don't seem to have many real money problems and their, you know, crybaby romantic issues. Okay. Uh, And it's also from the people who made Little Miss Sunshine, which I really didn't like. Uh, But they also made the Smashing Pumpkins 1979 video, which is one of my favorite music videos, if not my favorite music video of all time. pretty great. Um, And so I went in skeptical, and this ended up... It still has a lot of flaws, but it ended up uh, really impressing me, being a lot... A lot smarter and more insightful and more heartfelt um, than I, than I expected it to be uh, and then again it has some it definitely has some problems it's uh, far from perfect, but it is it is a decent movie okay. so if you were like me and were skeptical, skeptical about Ruby Sparks might be worth a, a watch once it's available on on you know Netflix or what have you um, step of revolution uh, the watch. Was you a, saw the watch, yeah. Um, again, a, a lot of potential there. I yeah. feel like, uh, but did not choose to embrace the. I guess when I we talked about this a while ago, we talked about the idea of genre mashups. Mm-hmm. Um, and so often, when something is a blank comedy mashup, it goes. I know I'm supposed. to We uh, and I are supposed to be the big comedy fans, but it goes too far toward the comedy. You know, and this is this like sci-fi horror comedy mashup, but there's no real stakes to the sci-fi or horror part of it. It's just yeah. another platform for dick jokes, essentially.
0: Yeah, like the only one I can think of. It, well, no, there's a there's been a couple since then, but like Ghostbusters, sure, Gremlins, Gremlins. Uh, okay, I didn't think of that one, but like Gremlins and like Shaun of the Dead,
1: Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. Ravenous though is also a very funny movie that is also very. But it's I, that, I think that is a horror
0: movie or like a, a scary movie. For a suspense film. Let's say okay. that. It's a suspense film first with comedic elements. I don't think anybody would say it, it's a you suspense You know what? Maybe comedy. that's what I
1: want. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I, as someone who listens to comedy podcasts and goes to see stand-up comedy, I get enough pure laughs and maybe I just want comedy movies, unless they're going to be something you know uh, that is pure, untapped brilliance like Anchorman or yeah. Monty Python's movies or Airplane, those sort yeah, of yeah. things. Uh, anyway, so the watch That's that. Uh, IYY, Never I, Way, Way, never. Sorry. Uh, that was decent. Um, Killer Joe, I didn't see you at one and two. Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Dog Days. I didn't see that one. Okay. Did you see Total Recall? Or do you remember? What? <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay. Uh, neither did I. Uh, 360, I saw that. That was uh, awful. Um, Celeste and Jesse Forever. That's another one like Lola Versus. Although people... I'm pretty much, again, talk, we keep talking about it, whether we're in the minority or not. With Lola Verses, I'm not in the minority. People don't like that movie pretty much right. across the board. I've found a surprising number, again, like when I write my reviews, I don't know how other people feel about it. A surprising number of positive reviews for Celeste and Jesse Forever, which <laughs> is, um, I had to check my list, but maybe my least favorite film of 2012 uh, so far. It, I really hate it. Mine
0: is uh, God Bless America Yeah. with Super Capitalist nipping at its heels
1: <laughs> um hope springs i also saw i didn't and, see that and it um, looked
0: it looked it didn't actually uh, look that good to me no. but
1: then the then the yeah. buzz started and it, it has some some things that are a little too like uh movie-ish maybe you know yeah. there's a couple there's like a scene with elizabeth shoe that like feels like it's from a different movie or that's it feels like it's from
0: like, leaving las vegas
1: no, it feels more like no, nah, I wasn't gonna name a Elizabeth Shue movie, but it feels more like Sweet Home Alabama. I know that's a movie we like rip yeah. on a lot, but like Sweet Home Alabama's idea of small town life is, seems so insultingly caricatured mm-hmm. to me. And Hope Springs, which takes place mostly in this small uh Maine, I think Maine town, um, is generally not that, but then there's this scene at the like local tavern where Elizabeth Shoe is the bartender, and it just it was more like that that I did that's uh, stuff I don't like. And then there's also way too much reliance on um on like pop songs and like montages mm. set to loud pop songs that it not necessary yeah. at all. Um And, I mean, there's a part where I mean, we listen to, uh, you know the song Why by Annie Lennox? No. You would know it if you heard it, I think. We pretty much hear the entire song, and it's a big, like, medley, or montage, rather. Not medley, montage. Um, but apart from that, when it's actually a really, like, uh, down-to-earth, realistic, humanistic, uh, movie, and also... I feel like I might've said this on the podcast before too. Um, as someone who has fairly recently, like within, like within 2012 started going to therapy, um, the therapy sessions in hope Springs feel more like real therapy than almost any other movie or TV show about therapy, which, I mean, I think if you did, if you actually just filmed a therapy session, it wouldn't, it's not as cinematic as, Right. Movie ones. There's not a breakdown
0: every week. Yeah.
1: But even shows like Sopranos, which relied so heavily on therapy, don't do it in a way that I think is true to my experience. Obviously, different therapists are different.
0: Well, and also I think uh, the type of patient can also (laughs) dictate the the tone.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay. uh, Born Legacy. I also, I wrote a review of that. Did you see it yet? No, I didn't. It's the fourth best Born movie. Okay. Um, It's still pretty decent. Um, It's at
0: the $3 theater. I might see it. Yeah.
1: But um, it, the focus of my review um, was essentially that what be, what made the Bourne movies exciting is that they felt different from the rest of the action market. Yeah, no. and now we're seeing the Bourne type become a type. No. you know, we all uh, back uh, earlier in the year. Let's say January. I want to to me anything that came out before before May apparently came out in January. <laughs> um, Safe House. Oh, yeah. um, which was also decent, was essentially a born type action movie with the, you know, foreign location, uh, handheld camera jittery, you know, hand to hand combat type yeah. of type of thing. Um, and so born legacy was about as good as safe house. Okay. Um, so they're both decent action movies, but they lost the immediacy of the initial born movies because they feel familiar. Yeah. And the thing that made born movies good was that they didn't. Okay. okay the campaign I didn't see. I didn't and I, it didn't look that good
0: to me but then I read some of the reviews and it actually they, they talked about it like it just being so willing to do anything for a laugh yeah um, and I will say like when I watched the trailer and the idea of Will Ferrell punching a baby pretty funny to me
1: yeah all I think is like well he'd kill the baby like their necks aren't that strong he would snap the baby's neck I know if he punched the baby in the face its neck would snap and it would die
0: look I'm not advocating it I'm Thanks. just saying, it's pretty funny. Um, two Days in New York? Yeah. Red Hook Summer? Oh, okay. I didn't see it. I'm interested to see it because it's got uh, Lester Freeman in it from The Wire.
1: Um, Clark I, Peters. I, uh, Clark Peters, yeah. Um, well, he's also um, uh, he's also on Tremay. I'll get there. You have a Blu-ray player now, and I have the Blu-rays of I know. season one. I should get season two. Because season three starts in just a couple of weeks, I know. But I just finished season one of. Boardwalk oh, you got HBO Empire. Go now?
0: Yeah, just watch it all. I'm going. I'm going to. There's a, like I already watched the first season of Veep and the first season of Boardwalk Empire. I think I'm doing pretty good, and I've That's had the- it for about a week. No one told you to watch those shows. I did,
1: or at least I didn't. I'm telling you to okay. watch Treme. All right, I don't watch Boardwalk Empire. I've seen one episode of Veep. Okay, well, you should watch those. I don't think so. Jerk. Who has the TV podcast here? Fair Who's enough. the expert? All right,
0: (laughs) but I feel like I feel like anything I say. Then, if that's what we're basing it on, anything I say is kind of like a moral imperative, you know, because I speak for God.
1: (laughs) Right, (laughs) but um, but no, Uh, what I oh Red Hook Summer,
0: an interest, just an interesting bit of of trivia. Spike Lee is acting in the film Uh as Mookie. Yeah, so this is, I guess, not a sequel. But like it exists in the same world yeah, as the same do universe. the right thing,
1: the Spike Lee universe.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. That's that strikes me as as interesting uh-huh. because it seems like he wouldn't do that lightly. Yeah, which means it's like, oh, I now I feel like I should see it if he, as a filmmaker, is willing to trot out Mookie again, uh-huh. then. That's no small thing. So I feel like I should see it, but it didn't get a lot of good reviews. Yeah, it didn't.
1: But I did actually recently, because it happened to be on HBO in the middle of the night a few weeks ago, rewatch Do the Right Thing. Mm. Oh, man. It's even better than I remembered. That movie is so
0: amazing. I just rewatched it for my uh, Crash episode Mm. of More Than One Lesson. And uh, Do the Right Thing is better than Crash. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, Odd Life of Timothy Green. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't (laughs) know. Now, what's that line again? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) if this boy can have leaves on his legs, then we can make a pencil out of leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Diane Weiss Said with total conviction. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that sums it up. It is a ridiculous movie. It's so stupid. Um, and, ever, like, you can see the actors. I completely blame the, blame the director because you can see the actors just, like, flop sweat. Just, like, they're out there, like... Like they're just making, they're just being overly physical. Like, like mm-hmm. Joel Edgerton is a good actor. We've seen him. Yeah. In he was good in stuff like Warrior. Even though I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, like Warrior, but obviously he was in uh, what's the Australian movie that I, uh, Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom. Um, I was like Animal Farm. Uh, no. I, I animal
0: the, Animal Factory. No.
1: Well, I'm in like New Fall TV mode, so I wanted to say Animal Practice, which is uh, the yes. new sitcom with Justin Kirk and a monkey. Um. But anyway, like like i like joe edgerton but here he's just like clearly just gesticulating a lot and like the parts where he's literally just like dancing like he's there's one part where he's like running in circles around david morris like gesticulating because he's like I, I feel bad for him he's clearly got nothing else to do but i feel just, bad for david morris <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um oh i almost lost my list there okay uh the Expendables 2. I didn't see it. Okay. Uh, Paranorman is great. Okay. It's also, again, one of my favorite movies
0: of the year. I don't think I've seen any, like, summer movies for August. Okay.
1: Well, uh, Paranorman is great. Okay. Uh, it's um, sort of, you know what it is? It's what Dark Shadows should have been. Oh, okay. In that it is um, It's an, a, a fun adventure uh, with um, that is very informed, by horror and has okay. scary stuff in it, okay. and is also funny in a way that doesn't undercut the horror. Okay, oh, it's, it's dark and macabre in its humor, but in a way that is suitable for for you know ten, eleven, twelve year olds or you know whatever, whatever the ostensible target age would be. So it's like Monster House, which, uh, which I didn't see, but uh, yeah, from what I hear, it's like Monster yeah, House.
0: Genuine humor, genuine scares, uh-huh. and uh, but still probably okay for for kids
1: yeah there's a bit of uh uh there's a bit of slapstick a slapstick scene in paranormal involving norman and a um rigid corpse that oh is hilarious and deals with a corpse and it's like when you think about it it's like oh this is really like this is like okay, macabre is what i keep coming back to okay like <laughs> If you actually think about what's happening, it's kind of like stomach churning, you know, like this yeah. corpse slamming its face against the wall and stuff like that. you oh know uh, Anyway, um, Sparkle? No. Uh, compliance? Um, okay, well, I did see that. I and haven't talked about it on the podcast since we saw it. Yeah, but you, no, you like it quite a bit. But I did, I did like it yeah. quite a bit, quite a bit.
0: And yeah. I think... And we don't need to go into a lot of detail. We had a whole episode of yeah. Pat, and so... Um, but yeah, it is a it's a film that I think everybody should see. But what I will say... Is it in the last couple of weeks since Pat was on, the film has gotten a lot of buzz and that excites me because when the time comes, like, okay, I realize that Oscars don't mean much, but for a movie like compliance, mm-hmm. it could mean a lot. And so like, like I might get it. I could see it. If it, if it has the right push, I could see getting like a screenplay nomination, a Best Actress nomination would be amazing. Fran Dowd? Fran Dowd. And I think that's possible. I think it'll get a lot of Indie Spirit Award nominations, mm-hmm. if not actual wins. But uh, I'm just excited that his profile is, is going up.
1: Uh, I want to say, to the people who may have walked out of the movie mm-hmm. feeling that it was exploitative or that it was unbelievable, that's a big thing we're, right. we're hearing, it's worth staying to the end. Because the the stuff that happened, cause it doesn't just end with the end of the, right the incident. It goes on to yes. see like sort of the impact of some of these people's lives, or at least a couple, you know, specifically Jimmy Walker and Ann Dowd's characters and Pat Healy's to some extent. Um, and that, that, I guess, denouement does such a good job of squaring everything that happened in your mind without just being someone stepping out from behind a curtain and saying, here's why the people did the thing. they things they right. did. It like, Because you're only seeing the movie takes place mostly like just that night, just over the course of the shift. So you're only seeing them in this insular place when their minds are in this one place and seeing them in the context of who they really are, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, outside of their job. uh, It does such a good job, I think. It is so necessary to understanding what happened and why. Uh, why they behaved the way they did. So I think people who walked out owe it to themselves, maybe, and owe it to the movie to stay to, to stay through the end. Yeah, and the Denouement might have moved a little
0: quickly, but at the same time, if you spent oh, too much time on it, I, I I what I guess what I should have said is I could see people. Th- feeling okay. that it was rushed okay i don't think that because if it had lingered too much on it then like it wouldn't have been about the characters that we've spent so much time with right but but yeah i think it i think it does a good job of addressing certain concerns that that a person might have
1: yeah now you saw cosmopolis i did yes what do you have to say about it uh
0: i go back and forth Briefly, you've already gone I, over yeah, our yeah.
1: Uh, our
0: target, target okay uh i go back and forth on it um it is i can't get it out of my head i'll say that um, it certainly is not a perfect film, but it creates a really strong sense of place, which is inside the limo, um, uh-huh. and there is there are a number of interesting characters, and it's it, as you know, I'm not a f- big fan of uh, Game Six because I felt like for now, for the
1: for, for the, the fanciful. Cosmopolis is based on a book by Don DeLillo. Right. Game six is a screenplay by Don DeLillo.
0: Yes. Right. But they feel, as far as like the type of story it is, uh-huh. very similar. Somebody right. trying to get across the city and then having these little tangents here and there. And then a gun is introduced and that sort of thing. Um, but in game six, the reality that we are presented with and the way people talk, it seems to take place in our reality and then it takes these strange turns, and I'm just like, ah, I don't buy it. Cosmopolis, however, is stylized enough, and the type of lines that these people are given to say it just characters make choices that would seem strange but if, if it took place in, in our world, but it doesn't. And so it's, I, I'd say it's worth seeing. You know, you need to have some patience and just kind of be willing to. Go with it, but I do think uh, Cronenberg is the right director for it because, as I've said, he's a director that I kind of view as a little bit relentless, and that is sort of a relentless
1: film. All right, uh, Robot and Frank. You didn't oh, I didn't. It? I didn't see it, but it looked interesting. Yeah, I, like, I like Frank Langella um, and Peter Sarsgaard. I think is the voice of the robot. Yes, um, and that sounds interesting. Yeah, uh, Hit and Run looks. Like, I don't want to judge a movie before that. I haven't seen, but that looks like a. That looks awful. Okay, I don't know anything about it. Oh, that's the um. It's like Deck Shepard. Is it Deck Shepard? Is that Deck Shepard? Yeah. Deck Shepard, Bradley Cooper, Kristen Bell. Uh, okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um. It looks pretty bad. Uh. The apparition also looks pretty bad. Uh. Premium Rush doesn't look good to me, but I'm hearing people say that it is a fun, a fun thriller. Yeah. It it seems like just a, a, a disposable film
0: that nonetheless is fun and everybody clearly enjoyed making it and there's a vitality to it and yeah. so yeah I'm kind of interested.
1: Um Samsara is the well, I guess the guy who did Baraka and I, okay. I actually never saw Baraka. I've seen Baraka of course the film about uh the mortal Kombat character with the big teeth and
0: the blades coming out of his arms. I, I have
1: to I haven't seen the movie. Right. So I'm, that's what I've always assumed. Yeah. I feel um, like I,
0: why haven't I seen it? I love that um, character.
1: I, well I've seen Koyaanisqatsi. That's the only one of those I guess types of films not okay. that they're the same person but i haven't seen either of the kwayna scottsy sequels mm. mm, uh, nicole scottsy and pawana is that oh, what they're yeah. called uh i haven't seen those um, but i like queen um i guess okay by our rules august uh lawless is a summer film mm-hmm. and okay let me talk about it real quick okay easy there sorry i didn't Kill think it. i'd get a chance um, cause I really disliked it and a big part of why I disliked it. I, I mean, there are, there are construction problems in that it, it moves uh, too slowly. And, um, you know, John Hillcoat is able to find images here and there. And I'd say more, more than here and there. Um, once or twice a scene, there's a compelling image, but he doesn't find the context for them. He doesn't, uh, move from scene to scene with any sense of purpose or momentum. Uh, but that's that 's beside the point that 's not beside the point that's those are just some of the things that make it a movie i didn 't like. The main thing is that uh, it has this it, insulting to me um, through line motif i guess um, of people basically uh, the more well dressed they are, the more morally suspect or morally compromised. Mm-hmm. They are. Um, and it's. So, on the one hand, that's the sort of very uh, old school tired Hollywood thing of like small town America, li- American life is better than the big city. Mm-hmm. That's there, and that's stupid. You know, we've seen that. We've talked about it on the show before. Like, yeah. Uh, I hate that. Um,
0: Not that I consider Hollywood uh, lawless to be like a Hollywood film.
1: No, but I'm saying it has
0: that, it's that attitude. That yeah. thing.
1: But more sp- it goes beyond that to have what i would what i feel comfortable describing as homophobia Mm -hmm. it's not just about them being well-dressed guy pierce is the bad guy and uh he is treated so similarly to peter laurie's character in the maltese falcon which i I referenced in my review um who was also someone who was sort of derided um as a result of the assumption that he was gay yes Um, uh, down to the fact that they even, like, talk about, in this movie about the way Guy Pierce's character smells. Like, it's hmm. that similar. Um, it's so... It, I, I think um, it's hard to even... It would be hard for me to even uh, believe that it was subconscious. Hmm. How, just how, how clearly homophobic the movie seems to me.
0: I had a similar problem with the movie Hannah. Have you seen Hannah yet? No. Okay. <sighs> Tom Hollander, oh, I always forget his name, and I didn't this time. Good for me. Tom Hollander of Rev and In the Loop and Gosford Park. Sure. Um, and, and, plays, and John Adams and John Adams, yes. that one scene. Yeah, oh, he's and he's wonderful in it. Um, but uh, he plays a sort of assassin, kind of like a specialist. Uh, and he is clearly gay. I think that like they, I think they make reference to it like Mm -hmm. overtly it's not like i'm i'm reading into it i think it's i think it's there and the way they have him dress and just the way they have him approach things like i don't think we laugh at him but we do find him to be somewhat ridiculous and it just and it's almost as though well this guy's a deviant Uh so clearly he's deviant in other ways as well right and it's just uh i don't know as opposed to a character like say omar from the wire right which the character is gay but that does not define that does not dictate everything else yeah. about him real almost anything else about him as far as like what cultural assumptions are about what being gay means as mm-hmm. far as how you dress and and how you talk and that sort of thing um and uh, so Friend of the show,
1: James Adomian has a very funny bit. Oh, I love it. And I, he, I think he has a new CD out yeah, and, and that it's, bit it's, is on it. It's on it. Yeah. yeah it's a, a bit about how basically <laughs> all the villains and all the eighties, like children's cartoons that we grew up watching are clearly gay. Yeah. <laughs> like clearly like, just uh deranged queens yeah
0: <laughs> like in transformers there's even like there's a guy named a uh, robot a decepticon named Starscream. yeah yeah or something like that yeah. and just like bring bring me those i can't even do it because yeah. he captures it so well <laughs> and you don't even realize it's one of those beautiful things you don't even realize it until he says it, you're like huh yeah cobra <laughs> commander did kind of have a high voice
1: <laughs> right yeah um all right. Well, that's all we've seen. I think. Unless, did you see the Oogie Loves in the Big Blue? I Adventure? didn't, but I
0: wanted to mention it because okay. it is currently like the least profit—not the least profitable—but like I don't exactly remember what it is. But like it's it unseated Delgo uh-huh. for like the least amount I, of money made. I
1: think it's opening weekend. It had a two hundred dollar per screen average on <laughs> thousands of screens. Yeah, on a three-day
0: weekend too. On a three-day weekend, yeah, and it's just and <laughs> not left
1: people probably lost their shirts. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, that's unfortunate. But here's the thing, Delgo. Look into it. Delgo is an interesting yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that that held the the title previously, and that one was like that's a much sadder story than yeah. than Ugly Loves. It's like it's a guy who just tried to you know, work in the studio system. It didn't work. And so he finally scraped together enough money to like make his own animated film and get like reasonably well-known actors in it. And then like actually got it like released and all that. And then like nobody saw it. And, uh, and like his story is sad because he actually managed to do what so few people are able to do. Right. And, and it is, and it was notable primarily for how poorly it did. Like that's, that's a very sad thing. Although incidentally it's worth noting that, uh, Go into Google, type in Delgo and Avatar, because there are a lot of similarities that I feel like cannot be put down to parallel thinking. Huh. And Delgo came out first. Weird. Uh, it came out first and enough before that it is entirely possible that uh, I, I don't. I but don't I like mean, that Avatar.
1: View. Was a. I mean that script was copyrighted. Image, uh, years ago. I'm
0: I'm talking oh, okay. mostly about images and that sort All of right. thing so
1: okay um, the possession um the tall man the mm. tall man sorry yeah and then uh, yeah i didn't see the the one that i'm actually looking forward to seeing but I haven't seen is uh, for a good time call um it's about uh two i guess college age women who start their own phone sex line out of their apartments oh, that apartment. sounds interesting and one of the, um, leads is this woman Ari Grainer has been in a, a lot of stuff, but she was in, uh, she was in Celeste and Jesse forever. That was unfortunate for her, mm-hmm. but she's also in this upcoming film, uh, 10 years that I mentioned earlier with Channing okay. Tatum. She's, um, her character is married to, uh, what's the guy from parks and rec? Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt. Yeah. Then, yeah, they all went to high school together. It's all part of the 10 year reunion. Okay. Um, and she's, she's fantastic in 10 years. And, uh, so I'm, uh, yeah I'm, I'm I'm liking this actress Ari Ari Grainer, and I'm hearing good things about for a good time call. Okay. So uh, anything else? Well, just a, I guess
0: just a general statement. It has been a sort of a, a lackluster, in some ways, a lackluster summer. We
1: got a lot of discussion out of it though. Yeah, well, that's, but, that's that's us.
0: Yeah, we could talk for two hours about pretty and we, much, anything. and we didn't even see a lot of these movies, but but it's just. Yeah, this was and, 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 this is, and this and this is seen. something that we uh so. talked about on that that audio blog that that Dave recorded is that it's just I mean there were a couple of great movies this summer and I'm thinking mostly in terms of summer movies you know like Queen of Versailles and stuff like that like it's great, but it also... It could have been released at any time. It it happened to be
1: released in summer. I'm trying to think what I would consider the great movies of this summer that are summer movies. Avengers, obviously. Avengers. I would put Paranorman up there. Okay. And I might go so far as to put Snow White and the Huntsman for okay. my own personal tastes.
0: Yeah. For myself, I'd put The Avengers.
1: That's it? And that's it. You you got to see Paranorman.
0: It, no, it's, I know. It's up your alley. I know. But uh, but yeah, and so like it's just... Uh, it's kind of, it's, it's strange because I, summer is not, I mean, summer is not a guarantee that you're, you're going to get a lot of really great movies, but I'm surprised at how little I actually enjoyed myself seeing movies this summer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at your list right now and, and Prometheus is leaping out of me is like, you know, four or five months ago, I would have thought certainly Prometheus would be one of the things yeah. we're talking about at the end of the summer. Is one yeah. Of the, and we are.
0: Yeah. But not yeah. in the way that uh, yeah. was anticipated.
1: All right, so you can uh, find reviews of a lot of the movies we discussed today and uh, reviews of upcoming movies week to week. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll
0: link to all the reviews in the uh, blog post. Oh, that would be fun.
1: Um, at, uh, that's at battleshippretension.com. You can also donate there to be um, entered into the uh, drawing for the donation drive. And you can uh, listen to the podcast and read all, all, all sorts of other stuff, including Tyler's fantasy casting for... Uh, uh, an imagined Jurassic Park remake yes um, that was a lot of a lot of fun um, and that's at battleshippretention.com. you can uh, email us david at battleshippretension dot com or Tyler at battleshiptension dot com you can follow me on Twitter at the pretension follow Tyler on Twitter at more lessons which is the official Twitter of his other podcast more than one lesson at more than one lesson dot com and my my other podcast is a weekly television wrap-up show called previously on which is at previously on com. more to come on that obviously yeah i think i still think you should subscribe to the show but it's going to be changing drastically the next episode of previously on will will address uh the changes that are ongoing pretty much previously on as we know it is over okay but it will live on in a different form Mm -hmm. uh and 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 could be syndication could no no, i mean i mean it will be i think um, not any better or worse. I think it'll be a good show in its own way. Uh, yeah, a couple and a uh,
0: couple of other notes. Um, I've gotten a couple of emails about, uh, a, a show that was uh, supposed to be part of the fleet. Um, but there have been some, some problems with it, not with us, but just with, with them, like getting, uh, getting everything together at the same time. So cue the day. Some prison I, time. Ex- yeah, yeah. Yeah. um, you know, it's, they had a warrant out, and sure. uh, yeah. but uh, but yeah. So, cue the day. It will be part of the fleet at some point, I think. Um, but there will be uh, probably sometime this month. We will be adding another show, uh, the name of which I will not yet say. But um,
1: do I know about this? Yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> but uh, I also wanted to let everybody know that uh, there is a new episode of More Than One Lesson available, in which Josh and I talk about the blind side.
1: Okay, that's fun one.
0: Uh, and we compare it to reversal of fortune. <laughs> um, awesome, and, uh, uh, you, you probably already know, you can probably already tell that we do not care for the blind side. Um, but I, but I'm rather pleased with the episode. So go to more than for that.
1: All right. That's, uh, that's all of it. Thanks for listening. We'll you know. get you next time. Thanks.